Are you an investor interested in the Texas real estate market? Well, you've come to the right place. This is the only video that you're going to find that covers all of the major economic data that you are going to need to be a successful Texas real estate investor. We're going to be going over each of our major metros, including Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, Austin, and make sure you stick to the very end to see San Antonio. Now let's do this. I'm John Barr with An Investor's Journey, bringing you the best tips and strategies to help you succeed in real estate the right way. In this channel, we go over what we're doing in our current business to help us succeed in the current market conditions. If you're a longtime returning listener to our content, please, please, please make sure you hit that like button and go ahead and share the video with some friends. But if you're new to this channel, I need you to do two things. I need you to go down and click that subscribe button and make sure you head over to the bell so you can check out all of our videos that are going to be coming out in the future. Without further ado, let's get into the update. So first, let's take a look at Texas by the numbers as ranked by Forbes. Texas is the second ranked state for business, the second most populated state only behind California. It's the second largest U.S. state economy at $1.9 trillion, but it also has a 10% below the national average on cost of doing business, which is very, very important for businesses that want to move here, that want to pay people here and have their corporate headquarters here and work within the state of Texas, which is fantastic for real estate prices. We are the 19th least expensive state by cost of living, so that's fantastic. Our growth, gross state product growth rate ranks 10th from 2014 through 2019. Employment growth ranks 12th from 2014 to 2019, which is absolutely fantastic for a state of this size and that large of economy to still be ranking in the top 10 on the growth rate of the gross product and our employment rate. In November, we issued 12,099 single family residential permits, which is 31.5% increase year over year, which is absolutely insane to see that massive of a growth that goes towards showing the strength of the real estate market here in the state of Texas. So now look, let's look at the year over year employment. Right now, Texas is only down 3.7% for this time last year. But what I really find interesting about this product or this table here that I found from the Texas Workforce Commission for the Real Estate Center is you look at our growth rates for Texas as compared to the United States. Over this course of every single one of these months, year over year over the past year and a half, two years, Texas before the pandemic was growing faster than the national average United States. But even since the pandemic started back in March, we were still, we still lost less people than the rest of the United States did. And we're coming out of this pandemic even faster and stronger than before. So that's fantastic news because if people aren't employed or businesses aren't hiring in the state and they're laying people off, that is a huge problem problem for real estate prices long term. So now let's take a look at the corporate activity in Texas because without corporations moving and employing people here in Texas and relocating and expanding here in Texas, we're not going to have much of a real estate market because our population isn't growing. So what is going on and why do corporations like Texas? Well, how about business friendly environment? No state corporate income tax, no personal income tax, fewer regulations, lower cost of living. What corporations are expanding here in Texas? How about the biggest of them all? The Facebooks, the Amazons, the Google, the 
Apples, the Teslas, they're all moving their corporations and expanding their headquarters and their footprint here in the state of Texas, along with it bringing their high priced jobs. So now how about corporate relocations moving from other states to here? Why would they want to do that? We just went over it above. So now if you're looking to increase your bottom line, especially in something after a pandemic, moving to a lower cost state is fantastic for your corporation or for your employees and the corporation's bottom line. Something I found very, very interesting was how many corporations actually were moving here to the state of Texas. In the last decade, over 200 corporations have actually relocated their headquarters from some other state to Texas to take advantage of the business environment. 74 of those were just in the from 2018 to pre-pandemic. So 2018 to basically March, 74 corporations had moved their headquarters. And there are no small ones either. You got 8VC, which is a massive venture capital firm out of California, moved to, I believe, Austin, Charles Schwab, Oracle, HP, all huge, massive publicly traded companies that are coming to the state of Texas. So now what does it all really mean and why does it matter to you? Because like I mentioned that it's all about jobs and job growth and growth in the overall economy. And Texas is poised over the next several years, especially what's going on. If you look at it, a lot of these companies, a lot of people are fleeing the high price coasts and moving to more business and friendly and better places to live. So Texas has it in aces between our no corporate tax, no income tax, the dollar goes further. So if companies are moving from the West Coast to here, their employee morale goes up because now they have more options, they have more dollars in their pocket and not giving so much to the taxing authorities and to extremely high real estate prices and congested roads. So that's what's making Texas such a fantastic place for people to want to move to, corporations to relocate to, because it, it is no simple task to take an entire company headquarter and move it. It'd be from one state to another. But when you look at it over the long term, eventually there's a cross even point where they just say like, look, company morale's down. This is hitting our bottom line. We got to do best for our shareholders long term. We need to recoat, leave a California or a New York and relocate to a different state that has better environment for them to operate in. And Texas really has it with those corporations moving here, that now brings all of their jobs with them. And then when you get an, an environment where they're moving here faster than the home builders can build, like we showed the 31% year over year increase in building permits, it shows that a lot of people are wanting to move here. A lot of people are coming to Texas and that's going to push up real estate prices over the long term because builders cannot build and they cannot make more land and more infrastructure and they can't do it as fast as people are coming here. So that's driving prices up over the long term. So now that is the overall state outlook. Now let's break down each market into the separate markets and look at the data within those. So first up, we have the city of Austin. For those of you that aren't familiar with Texas, it's in the pretty much the center, south central part of the state. And uh, this is the data that I've kind of pulled and review for ourselves in our business. I look at the number of buildings being permits being issued because that shows a straight, a good, strong builder confidence over the outlook over the next six, nine, 12 months, because it takes some time for a property to break ground, pour those foundations, frame up the house, do all the stuff that needs to do to get it to sold. And they expect that over the course of the, that time, that prices are going to remain stable. So they are going, so looking at that, they break it down into single family, two to four units and five units and up. 
So in the city of Austin, there were just shy of 2,000 permits issued in November, which is a 55% increase year over year. So these are numbers that we I really want to look at. Is like, where are they building and what are they building? Two to four units, only 26 permits, down 67%. So not a lot of demand for two to four units. Now, when you look at the five and up, units, your commercial properties, uh, properties, you're up 278.8% year over year, which is absolutely insane. So it shows that there is a very huge demand for housing in Austin, especially when it comes to multi-units. So a, a builder can build cheaper, more people per unit when you start getting into your small apartment complexes and up. And it shows that they're just trying to build dense inner city living properties of five units and up. And that's where a lot of demand is. Average sales price up 24.5% year over year to 463,000. Median sales price up 21.4% to 365%. Total sales up 23% to 34.14. That is all those sales numbers are extremely beneficial to an overall health of a real estate market, especially for Austin. So now looking at the employment numbers, we're only at 2.16% decrease from this time last year, which is fantastic considering everything that went on in 2020 to only lose 2% of the population or employment across the city, but they did gain 11,000 jobs from the previous month. The unemployment rate sits at 5.07. I think nationally is at like 8%. And that is a 1.27% decrease from the previous month with is showing that Texas is coming out of this extremely strong months of inventory is sitting at 2.69 and that is 0.2 month decrease from the previous month. November of last year was at 2.1. So now let me explain months of inventory a little bit and why this is numbers in here and why it matters. So it really comes down to the supply and demand equilibrium. So ever since I've been in real estate, they say a balanced market is about six months of inventory. That means that if no new houses got listed and the same absorption rate or consumption rate continued, it would take that many number of months to be out of the housing stock across the entire Metro or the, the data set. So six months of inventory is the balanced market between buyer and seller. Now, anytime that number drops below six, that really is telling you that there is a strong need for housing. There's more sell, uh, buyer demand than there is seller demand to sell their houses. So that puts it, we call a seller's market. And the lower that number gets, the more in demand housing is. And what that can do over time is it really drives prices up over the long term. So as that number continues to drop, that means there's insane amount of demand, the lower that number gets to essentially zero. And that can show that there is a very good indication that there's high demand for that property or that price zone, zip code, whatever it may be, and it can drive prices up over long term, which is the cherry on the top for all real estate investors. Cash flow is awesome, but when you start getting that appreciation over the long term, that is absolutely fantastic. So now let's look at the median sales price going back to June 2010 through November 2020. And what you're really looking at here is our real estate cycles. Like everything in real estate is no different. We have cycles just like everything. We pretty much go up in the summertime, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter. Except for 2020 because you can really see that we were kind of... Um, 
coming out in the summertime and where we should have kind of been coming back down, it exploded and has absolutely been taken off to where we've gone from a median sales price of 310,000 up to 355, I think I was at, um, in just a few short months. So that is something that I do expect to continue over the time. But this just goes to show that real estate has its cycles just like everything. And for us and our business, we love to use this information as we love to buy property right about here, get loaded up on it, do all kinds of renovations. And when we go to sell, we're sitting right up here at the top when it gets three, four, five, six months, whenever it, however long it takes us to do that renovation. Now, year-over-year year appreciation, I like to uh, illustrate because it shows how fast coming out of recessions these prices can take off because you see a huge jump coming out of the last recession of 2008. And look, it just seems to be very similar coming out of the pandemic of the kind of the V-shaped curve where it dropped off, went negative for a little bit, and then took back off the 12.5%. And then now we're sitting at, what did I say, 21.5%. But what I like to use is over long term is I like to try to determine where is pricing appreciation really going over the long term and where has it been? So you can see as we came out of the, the 08 stock market issues that we were hitting the 12, 15% for quite some time. And then it started to really level off because the prices had started to price people out of the market and it was finding its new kind of equilibrium and its long-term historical growth rates, which are usually around three to 4%. But what happened this year is interest rates fell almost an entire percent overnight and sparked this huge buyer demand that's now just skyrocketed appreciation, which is happening to prices as well. So now I also like to track this information by price range because I want to know inside that 2.69% or 2.69 months of inventory, where's the most in-demand housing? Because that's where I really want to be buying because that number, like I mentioned, as it gets closer to zero, more in demand for that housing, the better chance for those appreciations to get those 20, 30, 40% year over year kind of appreciations like some zip codes and price ranges have seen. So you can see here in Austin where the most in-demand is your pretty much your sub $500,000 house. And as you start getting over 500, you start getting into the high twos, threes, and the fours. So for us and our business, we love to be investing here because it gives a surefire bet that when we buy the house and when we go to sell it in three, four, six months, whatever, however long it takes, there's a good chance that the appreciation has gone up or in the value of the house is now worth more than what we anticipated when we bought it. So Dallas, Fort Worth, we're looking at uh, same kind of information is the building permits, 28.5% increase for the single family home, 30.5% increase for your two to four units. So you, there is a little more demand in Dallas for the duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes. But unlike Austin, the five units and up has really dropped off 36.5% year over year. And I think Dallas, what it is, is that you have much more room to grow. You have a lot more flat land and land available because of just by the size of the city. The average sales price is up 15.74% year over year. Median sales price sitting at 289,000, which is a 15% increase year over year. Total sales up 21,000 to 8,843. 
Employment only decreased 2.6% year over year to 3.78 million, and they gained just shy of 40,000 jobs from the previous month. Unemployment a little higher than what we saw in Austin, but is sitting at currently 6%, but that is a 1.32% decrease from the previous month, which is a huge drop in unemployment, showing that there is strength in market and people are wanting to employ and they are bringing people here. Now, the months of inventory, keep in mind, the lower that number below six, the stronger the real estate market market is and the more in-demand housing is, which can push prices up. Dallas is sitting at 1.4 months of inventory out of 8,000 sales. That goes to show if no other houses got listed in uh, starting now in about a month and a half, all the houses in all of Dallas-Fort Worth would be sold, which is absolutely just insane. November of 2019, it was sitting at 2.8. So 1.4 months below where it was from the previous month. Same kind of thing for the median sales prices from 2010 to 2020. Uh, you can see we were kind of flat coming out of the price of the recession. And in the last eight years, we were at 140. They're all the way up over 280. So the housing prices have really pretty much doubled in just eight years, which is just absolutely insane for the real estate prices. So if you'd have bought something in 2010, 12, you're sitting on a massive pile of equity uh, right now. And then a just strong market that shows that it, nothing's really slowing it down and it can continue over the long term. Year-over-year -year appreciation, Dallas-Fort Worth is a little more choppy than some of the other markets, and it didn't get quite as high of appreciation as we're only sitting at about 16. But you can see, same kind of trend. Coming out of the last recession, boom, shot up 10, 12, up for a while and was starting to kind of compress down over the last two, three years and then dropped off right after the pandemic into the summertime. And now it's taken back off. And I don't really expect it to slow down anytime soon, just for the fact that there's so much demand for housing across all of Texas. Now, when you look at by price range, it's even tighter market in Dallas. And for the size of Dallas, Fort Worth, it's insane how tight this market really is and where your in-demand housing is for the city and you can see pretty much almost any price range there is massive demand for housing sitting at i mean all the way up to nine hundred thousand. you're at 1.7 months of inventory it doesn't start to rise till you start getting to that one million dollar mark but you can see it is definitely tighter across and you'll see this recurring trend the lower price points builders just can't build housing to fit this kind of price point because of the cost of land, cost of build, cost of materials has gone up so drastically. So to build a house for $200,000, it's extremely hard to do. And you're really just getting the bare bones for a property. So a lot of builders can't get as big a spread on it. So they're building in these upper price points. That's why you might see a little bit higher inventory, but still it is extremely tight across the board for Dallas-Fort Worth. So now let's head over to H-Town, Houston. Um, currently that is sitting at building permits, 25% increase year over year. You had 106% increase in your two to four units. And just like Dallas, the multifamily space ha is down 68%, uh, year over year. So that's telling me that your one to four single family style house that can qualify for a Fannie Mae kind of loan is very strong and in demand and builders are building like crazy to try to infill that demand. Average sales price was up 11.2% year over year to 330, just shy of $332,000. Median sales price at 270, which is a 12.3% increase year over year. Total sales 94.51, which is a 27% increase year over year. Employment is down so across texas 
Houston has seen the biggest drop uh, as far as employment drop to 4.84% from this point last year, but it is improving because they did gain 20,000 jobs from the previous month. Unemployment is sitting much closer to the national average, sitting at 7.74%, and that is a 1.82% decrease in the previous month. So even a bigger, almost a 2% drop from the previous month, which is good to see. But housing, still an issue when it comes to months of inventory because it's sitting at two and a half months which is the same as it was coming uh, at the end of last year. And that from November 19, it was 3.8. So it has got substantially tighter and is staying tight, but nowhere near as tight as Dallas was sitting at that 1.4. So median sales price, you're kind of seeing the same kind of trend where it kind of goes up in the summer, down in the winter, up summer, down winter. And Dallas or Houston is a little bit different than where it's not appreciating as fast as you can kind of see. It kind of really came strong out of the last recession, but things really started to level off to more of a historical trend over the long term. But now these last two years with interest rates falling, especially with the pandemic, it started to really take back off again. And it's no surprise to see the reflection of that kind of plateau in those same type price ranges as far as year-over-year -year appreciation. Kind of shot up out of the last recession, really trailed down, and really kind of started going flat. And that's something for me as an investor, I look at that and say, okay, well, Houston doesn't look like it's appreciating as fast as some of the other markets, but there is much more inventory, so there may be a much more distress as far as the unemployment goes. Maybe I can pick up a few more deals because it's good to see that this kind of V-shaped thing down, and now it's shot back up, and it is getting back up to uh, these high double-digit year-over-year appreciation rates. So now inventory, it's no surprise that a lot of these numbers reflect that a lot of them are in the twos, threes, fours, fives, and sixes, unlike Dallas is. So Dallas is definitely a hotter, hotter market than uh, Houston is. But you still have the same kind of trend that you have a lot more inventory uh, demand for the lower price point properties. Now, again, guys, if you're looking for this information and you want uh, a copy of the slides, head over to sarealestate.com and you can get yourself a copy of the full list of zip codes, um, or not zip codes, but price ranges and a copy of the PDF slide. So now for our last major metro, my home market, we go to the San Antonio real estate market for December 2020. Now you're going to notice some different information when it comes to San Antonio, a little more in depth, especially when I break it down by zip codes here in San Antonio. San Antonio is my main market that I invest in and we work in. So I do this information monthly. So if this is your first time tuning in, make sure you like, subscribe and hit that bell because every single month I will be putting out a new market update for the San Antonio market update. And then yearly I break it down for the entire state of Texas. So for San Antonio, as far as the permits go, we got an 18.2% increase year over year for the single family housing, 23.1 decrease for the multifamily that's two to four, and a multifamily of five plus unit decrease of 47.4%. Average sale price is up to 311,000, which is 18.77% increase year over year. Median sales price sitting at 255, which is an 18.6% increase year over year. Total sales 31.25, which is a, once again across all the markets 26.7% increase year over year. Average rent price is up 5.6%, which is fantastic for us to see, to see the rising prices with the rising rents so you can help offset some of that tax increase that you're going to get. Average rent was at 1553. 
employment is a decrease of 4.89 from this point last year. So not as low as Houston, but not as good as Austin or Dallas-Fort Worth. But we did gain just shy 11,000 jobs from the previous month. Unemployment is sitting at 6.25%, which is a 1.51% decrease from the previous month. Months of inventory were sitting at 2.18. And December of last year, like I was saying, like when you look at those cycles, you see that usually in the winter time is when the months of inventory is at its highest point, which last summer we were, or last winter, we were at 4.45 months of inventory, but now we're at 2.18, which is typically what we usually see around your hottest markets or time of the year, which is your June, July uh, timeframe. Median sales price for San Antonio, you can really see kind of same trend as the rest. But what I do like about San Antonio is it's much more consistent as you can almost draw a straight line all the way across all of these peaks till you get to 2020, unlike Houston did where it kind of went up and then flattened out a little bit and then took off again. And that's kind of the historical thing. Um, San Antonio markets where we never appreciate as fast, but we never regress as fast as the other major metro. So it's a much more stable, consistent flowing market. Monthly rents, and it's no surprise. So I know I don't have this data for the rest of stuff or the other cities, but I do have it for here in San Antonio because this is stuff that I have to track every single month and the other metros are just too big to do all of them every single month, but it follows the same kind of trend. You can, the information still applies to where you are getting up in the summer, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter. And how we really use this in our business is when we pick up a rental property and we go to rent it, all of our leases in between your March, April, May timeframe for the fact that if we have a tenant turnover and I need to get in and do some upgrades, paint, carpet, whatever it may be, I'm getting that rent right here on the peak rent, the peak demand for housing. So that's something that is a, a trick that I know a lot of investors never really thought of that the data, they never knew the data would look like that. And you're the landlord. You can do whatever you want to where it's not uh, uncommon for us to be picking a house up and say we pick it up in January. We don't end the lease in January the following year. We might go April, March of the next year to give them a full like 15 month lease, 14 month lease, whatever it is to make sure all of our properties end in that time frame. But don't make the mistake that I did where when I was getting more and more properties, I had them all end in the same month of April. Well, then when I had a half the portfolio turnover, I had a half of the houses go vacant all at once. And now to get them back on, that was a lot of work. So that's why now we kind of spread them out over the time frame of a three month period. So now the unemployment here in San Antonio over 20 years, you can really see our trend is uh, of the last two recessions. So you have the dot-com bubble here and the real estate recession right here or the lending crash. Uh, and you can see our employment just blew everything out of the water, spiked way up to 13%, but you can kind of see it's really been on a tear heading down. And it's no surprise to see some go down, up, back down, as long as the trend that I see that it continues to fall back towards its normals where it has been and it's not doesn't start to level off and really drag this recession out. But unemployment to me is a precursor of what is to come for markets because if people aren't employed and they aren't hiring and more people are getting laid off, that means they can't afford mortgages. So that's a big problem that could affect the real estate prices long term. Year-over-year year appreciation, San Antonio, kind of the same thing where it kind of shot out coming out of the last recession and was holding pretty steady and it was slowly starting to decline a little bit and to 2018 and 19, but then 2020, it we never dropped below 
year-over-year appreciation like the other three markets did have. Like I mentioned, San Antonio is much more stable where we never get as high of long-term appreciation, but we never really drop low. So not to see it not go negative in July like the other three markets did is fantastic as a real estate investor that invests solely here in San Antonio. But now to see this appreciation spike uh, is fantastic as well, especially somebody being a property owner like myself, but it does hurt on the ability to find more property because everybody knows their houses are now worth more and they want higher prices. Now for San Antonio, I break down the months of inventory and the city a different way. So I do it by price range like the other cities, but I also break it down by zip code. So here in San Antonio, where our most in-demand housing is, is in that 250,000 below and, and below. So now our properties, we love to do any of our renovations. We'll pick them up anywhere in that 350 up to the $400,000 price ranges. But when we're trying to pick up rental properties, we love to stay in this in-demand price point uh, for housing because that shows, like I mentioned, long-term, that is fantastic for long-term appreciation. And I track the number of properties sold because that's where the bulk of the inventory for the city is being sold right in that one fifty dollars to $300,000 price point. So you have a lot of properties turning over and super low inventory, meaning there's a massive demand for that kind of price point. So picking up properties, if you're an investor here in San Antonio, that's where I want to be is in that sub $300,000 price point and even lower for rental properties if I can get there. So now we go by zip codes. I do it by the lowest amount and the highest amount. Then I add it in, since this is data that I pull, I have this going back to December 2017. So you can get an illustration of what these low months of inventory really mean over the long term. So at the top of the list is 78251. And if you're not familiar with San Antonio, that's kind of on the northwest side of San Antonio. And it's sitting just over a month of inventory. And there's a lot of housing stock in that price point. So a lot of houses turning over, a very strong demand. And you can kind of see from December 17th to this time this year, you're sitting, you went up from 200,000 to 225,000. So almost 24,000 month uh, of additional equity to your property just because of the in demand of that price point. And now you even have some crazier stuff going on in 78220 where three years ago it was at 90,000 and now it's up to 170. Now it's not to say every house just buy blindly in there is going to go up like that. You have pockets, but it does show that there is price in a very strong force to increase over time. So that's what that illustrate really, this illustration really kind of portrays. So, and again, if you guys are wanting some of this information, sarealestate.com and you can get the full presentation. And if you're here in San Antonio, you, I can get you the full months of zip codes between, because I have the top 10 and the bottom 10 highest months of inventory. And if you're wanting to see what's in between, definitely head over to sarealestate.com and get your copy of that. So now, like I mentioned, the highest inventory of property. Now it shows it is still in demand because like I said, six months of inventory is that balanced market. A lot of our zip codes are below the, or in still in demand and prices still have gone up over time. And it looks like none of them went down over the course of three years. And some of them actually went up at a very high amount. Um, but it is still something to keep in mind that these this isn't bad. It still shows that they are higher. But if you are renovating and flipping in these zip codes, just know that there is more competition 
for you in that zip code that you might need to really tighten up your rehab as far as spending a little more money in the kitchens, the baths, the landscaping, the pictures, the staging to make sure that your house isn't on the market for the average month's inventory, that it is look, it does look better than everything on the market. So that's something that we use if we're renovating because we're, we're building some stuff in some of these zip codes right now. We have to look at our competition to make sure we look better and nicer than those properties so that we are the fastest one to get taken off the market and get under contract because those holding costs as investors as flippers kill you because every time you every day that goes by that interest check comes right off of your bottom line so there you have it folks that concludes the market update now remember if you're wanting a copy of the slides and the full list of months of inventory for san antonio head over to sarealestate.com the link is also in the description below now, if you're somebody that's stumbling across this and you're a new time investor and you're really wanting to get into this and you set a goal for 2021 saying, this is the year that I quit my job and go full-time in real estate investing. The hold your horses a little bit and make sure you check out this video right over here is because there are some tips and tricks and things that you need to do before you quit your job that are going to give you the best chance at success moving forward into your new career path. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button to get all of our videos that we do and put out of what we're doing in our current business to succeed. Otherwise, we will catch everybody next month for the San Antonio Market Update.